your afternoon Raiders fix with your boy Q on Unnecessary Roughness from 2 to 5 on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM KRLB Las Vegas. Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio, this is Unnecessary Roughness. Roughness. You got to score points to win. You can't win without scoring points. Touchdown Raiders! He went right through the line and gives Vegas a touchdown to extend the lead. Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. Here's your boy Q. And here we go, Raider Nation. Boy, do we got a good one lined up for you this afternoon. Very excited about the show. My man, Damon Cotton, in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. I'm in the home studio. I've been having a very busy day out and about at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center, Raiders HQ, earlier today. Had an opportunity to talk with Josh McDaniels, the head coach of the Raiders, uh, get a few thoughts on from him as they start to turn the page to the Pittsburgh Steelers. And, you know, it's crazy. As we ended the show yesterday, that's all I kept thinking about was, okay, now it's time for us to turn the page to the Pittsburgh Steelers, and we'll do that on Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, only to find out that I was going to wake up this morning to realize that, yeah, not only were we turning the page to the Pittsburgh Steelers, we were turning the page on a legend in Franco Harris. When I woke up and saw my phone, because it's probably one of the first things I do when I wake up, which is crazy that we do that, but that's what we do, and I'm guilty of it as well, looked at my phone, saw I had a bunch of emails from the job, and then saw the big alert that Franco Harris had passed at 72 years old. Of course, you never want to, you know, you never, it's never a good time for someone to, to pass away, but just never thought that it was going to happen this week, right? Never thought it was going to happen this week when we've been talking about the immaculate reception and knowing how much of a, a, a factor he was in that play, in that game, and, you know, knowing how he celebrated in the Pittsburgh uh, airport as having his statue up there. I mean, just so much going into this week as the Raiders uh, had just ran the Immaculate Reception on their YouTube page. They had their own special about it. Uh, George Atkinson had been in the studio with JT the Brick yesterday at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center talking about the Immaculate Reception. You know, and just, again, thought we were going to have a whole lot of fun leading up to the game on Saturday on Christmas Eve, leading up to it, and Franco Harris about to get his jersey number retired, that number 32, be put into the Pittsburgh Steelers' ring of honor, and all that good stuff. And then all of a sudden to see that he passed away, it just and almost it almost had like chills. I almost woke up to chills going up and down my body. And you know, it's kind of crazy. I remember last year when I was at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center doing this show. I was in that podcast studio. As soon as this show got wrapped up and then I drove off, I'm about halfway down the street, and that's when we found out that John Madden had passed away. I mean, it literally felt like the same thing, right? I mean, and that had been right after the John Madden special had aired on what was it, Christmas, I believe, that it aired. Uh, last year, and then all of a sudden we find out that John Madden passed away, and of course that's a legend to the to the Raiders and NFL and sports community, and Franco Harris is as well. So uh, did not expect to be talking about the passing of Franco Harris today, but we'll definitely do that, and we do have a very loaded show coming up. Matter of fact, at 3.30, speaking of Franco Harris, going to do this backwards today, at 3.30, I had an opportunity to catch up with Franco Harris at the 2020 Super Bowl, Super Bowl 54 in Miami, myself and Paul Catalina, and Paul Catalina was a uh, guy who worked with me at ESPN Central Texas. That was the only time I had an opportunity to talk to Franco Harris, and I was so honored because my dad is a big Steeler fan, so I knew that Franco would, or my dad would be excited that I talked to Franco Harris. So I went back and found that interview. At 3.30, you will hear that interview with the late, great Franco Harris. At 3 o'clock, Arpege, 
Arpeg Big Dog Roll. That's Coach Arpeg Big Dog Roll, uh, five-star lineman. He's a big-time uh, defensive lineman coach, offensive lineman coach, and also was honored by the Silver and Black on Sunday uh, against the Patriots. So we're going to talk to him about everything that he's got going on in the community, talk to him about Max Crosby, Chandler Jones, uh, defensive lineman, drills, all this good stuff. But Coach Arpeg Roll is going to join us at 3 o'clock. Then we'll have at 225 Raiders center Andre James. He'll join the show to talk about everything that uh, the Raiders have going on as they lead into this game on Sunday, uh, talk about the offensive line, talk about you know where he was or how he was feeling when Chandler Jones took that ball to the house on Sunday. And also it's National Signing Day number one. So I want to talk to Andre James about that as well. He was a four-star recruit coming out of Utah. He ended up choosing UCLA over a bunch of different schools he had. So I want to get his thoughts on National Signing Day. But first, we're going to lead off. Our leadoff hitter today is going to be Colin Dunlap, 93.7 The Fan in Pittsburgh, talking all things Steelers. But, of course, we got to focus in on Franco Harris. So let's go ahead and jump into the opening drive. The opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920 is brought to you by Southern Nevada Chevy Dealers, home of the Chevy Silverado, the strongest, most advanced Silverado ever. And Colin Dunlap joins us now on the phone lines. And Colin, thanks so much for your time this afternoon. I do appreciate you. When I set this up, as you know, I set this up to talk Steelers, Raiders. Was going to talk about the Immaculate Reception because, well, it's the 50-year anniversary. The game's being played on Christmas Eve right there in Pittsburgh. That was the intent. I had no idea I was going to wake up to the news of Franco Harris passing. I actually saw your tweet probably first, and it was 3 o'clock in the morning my time when I saw that tweet, you know, saying that the, a, a local station there was reporting that Franco Harris passed. You do the morning show in Pittsburgh. When you're on right. the air, how, does that, how did that feel when that was going on? Well, it was crazy, Q. And thank you for having me, man. I really appreciate it. Um, I, I'll take you through. I woke up, and I get up at 10 minutes until 3 every day. Um, so I got up at about 2.50. I drove in. It takes me 20 minutes to drive to the studio. About five minutes into my drive, I got a text from a policeman that I know and said, Franco Harris died. And I said, what? And so I wasn't ready from just, and he's a very good source. Then I got another text from a medic that I know mm. and said, you'll never believe this. And I texted them back and I said, are you going to tell me Franco Harris died? And they said, yes. And so... I had known that or had it pretty solid, I thought, at about by about 3.30, um, but still not good enough from a medical examiner or somebody like that. And then I'm thinking, man, this is – and I didn't hear any other rumblings. And then they started the uh, 6 a.m. newscast, the one local television station had it, and I just thought, well, this can't be real because there was nothing for right. two hours. Um, but, yeah, it's just numbing. It's incredible, particularly because – it's, uh, you know, it's three days from the time, just two, two days, actually, from when he's going to be honored. And he was on a local television station here replaying the Immaculate Reception yesterday. Wow. Um, it, it's in, he's very visible, was very visible in town and a million different uh, charity endeavors. And just Franco, he's one of those one name guys, man. You just yeah. say Franco. Um, he was always around Q, so it's it's stunning. Yeah, and I could imagine you doing a show. I, I was just talking about when John Madden passed. I had just got off the air, and then all of a sudden had the news, and I was like stunned, uh, stunned and shocked. But I wasn't on the air, so when you're on the air going through this, and you have your listeners chiming in about Franco Harris, what was that like? Well, it was crazy. Like I had went and planned a bit of a show, thinking, okay, maybe this is a hoax, or maybe this really isn't going to happen, or maybe the news isn't going to break and I'm not going to have it anymore solidly. 
Then at about 5.58, right when the local news station said, I just ripped up everything and said, okay, like I'm a Pittsburgher, you know, I'm from here, born and raised here. I said, let's just talk. I hate to deliver this news, but it's confirmed. Franco Harris has died. Let's take the next four hours and talk about it. And that's all we did today. There's no other direction to go. Um, And that was it. And, you know, to so many... There's so many layers to this, Q. First of all, he was a a biracial football player in a time in which that wasn't easy. Right. Um, He was an Italian in a time in which the Steelers had a great fan base, but you still had your factions. You had Jarella's Gorillas. You had Lambert's Lunatics. You had Franco's Italian Army. It was like people pitted themselves in different groups among a big group. Um, So there was that. He was also, and a lot of people don't know this, I mean, when he's quit playing, he was the second-leading rusher all time behind Jim Brown. You could ask 100 football fans that. I don't think many would realize that. I didn't realize that, to be 100% honest with you. I didn't realize that, and I like to think that I know a pretty, pretty good amount of football knowledge, right? But, I mean, that's just, like you said, some things we don't really realize. Again, we're talking with Colin Dunlap from 93.7 The Fan in Pittsburgh here on Radio Nation Radio 920, and so – his jersey was supposed to be retired, the number 32, uh, you know, the ring of honor. All that good stuff was planned for this weekend. How does that change now? What do the Steelers as an organization do for Franco? The Roonies are, and I mean, Q, you've covered the NFL. You know how it works. You've consumed it. The Roonies are stay-the-course people. Mm-hmm. Um, this will continue. It'll go on. It'll take more of a somber tone, I would imagine, but they won't deviate course or change things. Uh, his number will be retired. They're very... Only Joe Greens and Ernie Stotners are retired. Like, Brad, there's been a, an unspoken way that numbers don't get worn. Like, nobody wears Bradshaw's 12. Nobody wears Lambert's 58 or Ham's 59. But the official retirement doesn't really happen. But they chose to retire Franco's. Um, so I would assume it just goes on. That, that, that makes sense. And it's, it's wild to think that they only have – you know, a handful of numbers retired officially, like you mentioned. The Raiders don't retire numbers at all, right? And so, I mean, it's just it's so crazy how these organizations are so similar to each other and what they do. And then, of course, we're going to play this game on Sunday the, or Saturday, the Immaculate Reception, the 50th year anniversary. How much has that even been the conversation this week? I mean, I know it's early in the week. It's only Wednesday. But how much of that conversation has been going on there locally? Well, a lot because this football team isn't, as good as people thought. The offensive mm-hmm. coordinator's atrocious. Um, the quarterback, I don't think, has developed at a rate in which a lot of people thought he would. There's still kind of a holding pattern with this modern-day Pittsburgh Steelers, this current vintage. So that has been sort of a lot of the, all the old guys are coming back. And listen, nobody sells nostalgia like a northeast town. You know, mm-hmm. people love it. And that was going to be a big focus. And you know, to offer some context, I think, Q, that a lot of people don't understand, the Steelers were god-awful from the time of their inception in 1933 until 1972 when Franco caught that ball. Right. They were terrible. They got their brains beat in. And when he caught that ball and they beat the Raiders, and then they lost the next week. Like, a lot of people yeah. don't realize that either. They lost the next week. But that typified and signified, oh, my gosh, they won a playoff game. And then from there, it was on. It was four uh, before the 70s were out, and they became a true organization. But they were they went through losing skids like the Chicago Cubs did. They lost forever, yeah. the Steelers did. And, and that was the defining moment in a man who was in the middle of it that provided that defining moment.
Still unbelievable to even talk about the passing of Franco Harris, a 72 years old, found out the news earlier today. And again, Colin Dunlap is our guest here on Raider Nation Radio 920. So what were some of the memories like that were shared or what were some of the thoughts that were shared on your show today from the fan base? Because obviously he is a hero, not only in the NFL, but clearly there locally for you. Yeah, and plus a guy from Penn State. Uh, right. So yeah, it's, that part. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a it's a great question, Q. And I'll tell you this: the vast majority, probably seventy five to eighty percent of the memories, if not more, were, "Hey, I caught Franco out on the street when I was grocery shopping," or mm-hmm. "I saw Franco as I was walking into the barber shop," or, "Man, you know, I was I was out on the town one night with dinner, and and there's Franco." So many, because of the kind of town we are, Pittsburgh is just a big, small town. We're not really a, a, a metropolitan city, even though it's kind of a mini one, I guess. But <laughs> those were the memories. Hey, I right. saw Franco. I was parking my car. And I just said, what do you think about Kenny Pickett? And he said, I, I like him. So it, it was that kind of stuff more so than Franco the football hero. It was Franco the guy who lives here. Right, right. And those are sometimes the best memories. And, and you know, Colin, it's funny. Uh, I'm going to replay this interview that I did with him. The only time I ever met him in person and talked to him was 2020, the Super Bowl 54 in Miami. And it's funny, him and like one other person are, are walking around the convention center. And you would think of a big Hall of Famer like Franco Harris is having some big entourage or a bunch of handlers. It was. It was just super low key. It was him, one other person. And they're walking around. I was like, Hey, Franco Harris is available if you want to talk to him. We're like, do we want to talk to him? Of course we want to talk to him, you know? But it's just like he was so just – it seemed like so chill and relaxed and willing to talk to anybody. Well, yeah, and another thing I think a lot of people are in not in the dark of, but you really have to think about it. Franco Harris, if, if, when you meet him in person, especially the first time, and I had the, he came in our studio a bunch, and I, you know, I just knew who he was. Yeah. Franco Harris is 6 feet 2, 230 pounds, mm-hmm. which – was Derrick Henry in his day. <laughs> he was a big dude, Q. It yeah. wasn't one of you, – you think of those old guys and some lineman was 228 pounds and was a guard. Or, Franco could be plugged into any era and get yards, man. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. yeah. No, he really could. He absolutely could. He'd be a bruiser uh, even to this day. Again, Colin Dunlap, 93.7 The Fan in Pittsburgh, is our guest here on Unnecessary Roughness. My man demond has got one for you. Colin, you're you're a young man, so what's it like growing up in Pittsburgh, the lore of a great player like Franco Harris, like the stories that are passed down from the older generations when they say you should have been there to see it? Well, I'm 46, so it's good. I'm right in the middle. I'm too young to understand the Super Steelers of the 70s, and my sweet spot was, you know, kind of just I was old enough to understand when Ben came in in, the, in those other years. Um it's to your question though like i can i can i can appreciate the history and go back and still see those guys like you still see Lynn Swan Stallworth was around and all those at Bradshaw when he'd make trips back to Pittsburgh so they were cult like figures and heroes mm-hmm. but they were still living it wasn't like the 1960 Mazeroski pirates or something that were all old men they were still guys that walked around so uh, for somebody who grew up here it was a link to the past but then you know my team more so would have been you know the the early Rothers or even like the Neil O'Donnell teams and in through that but no it's a good question it's just they they fell off and then there were hard times in the 80s um, mm-hmm. but those guys were 
those guys were the Steelers for probably people 50, 55 and up. Yeah, yeah, no, my dad, big-time Steeler fan, huge Steeler fan. That's why when well, – Well, keep was, in mind, too, like I think part of it, too, guys, is this. Everybody – we live in an immediate age where we click on the Internet or we text somebody or whatever. The Steelers were such a big national draw, and they were on television so much. And there were, aren't a lot of teams – there were only three channels at the time. So you, had your, you pretty much got a Steeler game, a Cowboy game, or a 49er game. So yeah. – you drew an allegiance as to that. Also, when Franco was playing, the steel industry in our country was dying. It was. Um, and Pittsburgh was the epicenter of that. So many people scattered all over this country looking for jobs that were from western Pennsylvania. So there were factions of Steeler fans every, every place in this country, um, southern Nevada included, you know, Texas and Charlotte and Florida. So the way that it is, you see these Steeler games now, and they overtake these uh, away venues. It's not people from Pittsburgh that are getting on airplanes and going there. It's people that went there in 1978 or 1980 because there weren't any freaking jobs left here. Right, um, right. And so that's, that's part of the lure and part of Steeler Nation, too, that our population declined so much, and it was part of people all over this country to get back on task. Uh, that have a love affair with Franco. There's a lot of displaced ex-Pittsburghers all over the country. I'm glad that you said that you're 46. Just a side note, because DeMond is 26, and he always says that I'm an old man and I'm 46 as well. So he no longer can ever say that I'm an old man because he said you are a young man, and me and you are the same age. So I'm good. I am I am good. So there's that. But, uh, Colin, as we wrap this up, I did want to ask you, what do you think this do, does for the team? Obviously, nobody played with with uh, Franco that's going to be playing. And, you know, it's just it's the organization, just like the Raiders are going to be coming to town. How do you think this team reacts, or do you think they do anything special even for them to start the game? Um, I wouldn't be stunned if they had, like, a missing man formation and took a penalty and then the Raiders declined it or something and, and showed mutual respect. I would not be stunned. I would not be stunned if they came out in warm-ups with Franco jerseys on. Mm, yeah. uh, Mike, the ownership is – been steady it's been the Rooney family since 1933 right so there's that straight line there and the um, reverence that they have for Franco as you know as a consumer of the NFL Mike Tomlin will have a speech for anything you know you could have a fender bender on the street and Mike Tomlin (laughs) will get out and have this glowing speech for it I assume that I don't know how it'll be received but I know the message will be sent that it's a special day and that Franco's not with us anymore. And Mike Tomlin in pregame will give his team an incredible speech. I do know that. Yeah, I, I can see that 100%. And, you know, obviously it hasn't been the season that, you know, Steeler fans are used to seeing as of late. But, you know, where do you think they are as an organization, as a team? Where do you think they are right now uh, heading down the stretch of the season? I think they're in trouble. I think Mike Tomlin should be on the hot seat. He's not, but he should be. Um, they've won three playoff games in 12 years. Yeah, They're yeah. going to go six years without a playoff win. Um, Mike Tomlin's living off a lot of past glory, mm-hmm. and sometimes your message gets stale. I think Mike Tomlin's a whale of a football coach. I think he's accomplished unbelievably great things. There's not a lot of people that have won three playoff games in, in 12 years and just been totally steady in their job. Maybe Marv Lewis is one of them. Right. This, for me, feels like, and a lot of people won't say it in this town, I will, it feels like Andy Reid's end in Philadelphia, mm. that maybe it's just better to both go 
a different way. And you yeah. might end up being something when you go to Kansas City, but it just feels stale. I'll be frank with you. No, and that's – you know what? And I can appreciate that because, again, you're right. I mean, three playoff wins in 12 years, I mean, that's, that's not going to keep too many people's jobs. And, you know, I, I always hear the stat of, well, Mike Tomlin hasn't had a losing season. Mike Tomlin hasn't had a losing season. But he's not winning playoff games, though. And, uh, you know, like, which, yeah. one, which one carries more weight? <laughs> Great. I don't care about November. I care, I care about January. That's right. the way I was brought up. Yep, that's exactly right. That's man, fantastic stuff right there. Colin Dunlap, ninety-three-seven, the fan in Pittsburgh. Thank you so much for your time, my man. I can only imagine what your shows are going to be like the next, the rest of the week. But what do you have coming out on your shows that uh, maybe even Raider fans could be on the lookout for? Yeah, for sure. Uh, we'll get into the Steeler matchup tomorrow. We'll have uh, new Pitt quarterback Phil Dracovic, who transferred in because mm. you can go wherever the hell you want and play quarterback now. <laughs> yeah, yes, you can um, in college football. <laughs> so he's going to do that because Keaton Slovis left. Uh, it's wild, um, and we'll get into a bunch of different things involving the storylines with this game. And Najee Harris, maybe it'll uh, light a fire under him, and he'll continue to run a little bit hard like he showed last week. There you go. There you go. Well, Colin, thank you so much for your time this afternoon, my man. I do appreciate you, and uh, we'll be talking soon. Q, you're the best. Thank you, man. I appreciate you. There he goes. Colin Dunlap, 93.7 The Fan in Pittsburgh on Twitter, at Colin underscore Dunlap, and giving us the real. And, you know, I respect the, the Tomlin stat that he hasn't had a, a 500 or a le- under 500 uh, team, but, man, you got to win some playoff games, like Colin said. So definitely appreciate his time. 221 is the time. Coming up next, Andre James, Raiders Center, here on Raiders Radio, Radio 920. That was the opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Brought to you by Southern Nevada Chevy Dealers, home of the Chevy Silverado, the strongest, most advanced Silverado ever. Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio. Just had a really good opening drive with Colin Dunlap, 93.7 The Fan of Pittsburgh, talking about the Steelers, but more importantly talking about the life and times of Franco Harris, who passed away today at age of 72. Very unexpectedly, and of course, this week is the 50th anniversary of the Immaculate Reception. The Raiders will be traveling to Pittsburgh to take on those Pittsburgh Steelers and uh, be part of everything, all the celebrations that go on there in Pittsburgh. Join us now on the phone lines is a man who's going to be right there in the center of everything. No pun intended, but he's going to be in the center of everything. That's Raiders center, Andre James. And Andre, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for your time this afternoon. And let me start off with Franco Harris, man. I mean, when you woke up this morning, did you think you were going to be reading about the news of Franco Harris passing away, especially this week? No, I didn't, man. Uh, first of all, thank you for having me on the show today. But, yeah, I woke up and uh, heard the news, man. I was deeply saddened to hear about it. Uh, yeah, our thoughts and prayers definitely go out to him and the rest of uh, the Stiller organization and the, to his family. Yeah, man, just just crazy. It's crazy to even know that. I mean, especially this week. And it, it, to me, it reminded me of last year when John Madden passed. And, you know, it just happened out of nowhere. And his 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 uh, special had just been played on, on Christmas. And all of a sudden, he passes away. And I'm like, what is going on? And, of course, it's it's going on this week. So just just crazy. And I'm sure there will be a lot of celebrations there in Pittsburgh around Franco Harris. But uh, let me take you back real quick, Andre. Let me take you back to Sunday. I know you guys are on to Pittsburgh. But let me take you back to Sunday when uh, Chandler Jones catches that that lateral and takes it to the house, man. I know you're on the sideline, but what was going through your head when you saw that? Oh man, I was so I was over on the sidelines. I was honestly just getting ready for overtime. You know, just going back to the iPad, seeing uh, certain looks that you know they gave us uh, earlier on, and you know uh, earlier on in the series, and uh, you know wasn't wasn't really expecting all that, but you know I, I saw him lateral it, <laughs> lateral it back down, and 
last thing you know, Chandler was you know running down towards the end zone. I, I, the rest was history. <laughs> yeah, it really was. It was crazy. I was in the press box, couldn't believe what I saw. Still, kind of can't believe what I saw. But but here we are, right? And you guys have turned the page, like I said, onto the Pittsburgh Steelers. So, what have you learned about this team so far throughout this season through tough losses and crazy walk off victories like the one you guys had on Sunday? Yeah, you know, I, I think this is a team who, who you know who isn't going to stop fighting. You know, who believes in one another. You know, uh, a lot of teams could could have given up. You know, going into that last drive, uh, you know, we went out there in the mindset. You know, we we were going to go out there and we were going to give our best effort. And we were, you know, going to put a drive together to get in that end zone. You know, fortunately, we were able to do that. Yeah, absolutely. Again, Raider Center Andre James is our guest here on Unnecessary Roughness Raider Nation Radio nine twenty. Demond's got one for you. When it comes to your job on the offensive line with Coach McDaniel's and Coach Priscillo, with a lot of injuries going on on the offensive line, how, how much is it on you when it comes out to calling the protections, looking at the defense, and letting your fo- your fellow offensive linemen know what's going on, and also that communication between you and Derek Carr? Yeah, I think communication was uh, one of our main things going into uh, going into this game because they they presented a lot of different fronts and a lot of different stuff that you might not. Uh, it's just a you know a lot of things that we might not see. From one team, they just do a lot of a lot of different stuff, and uh, you know we had a we had some new guys you know in there. Hironis came in there, you know Jordan Meredith came in there. We had, I haven't played next to those guys <laughs> really at all, mm-hmm. so just being able to communicate with them and get everyone on the same page was super important. Uh, those guys did an awesome job with us. How so difficult is that, Andre? Because the offensive line is the ultimate got to be the cohesive unit, right? I mean, you guys do everything together. The left arm knows what the right arm is doing. So how difficult is that when guys have to all of a sudden slide in because of an injury? Uh, it's, it's, it's very difficult, you know. Uh, but, uh, you know, whoever came in, you know, we had, uh, we, had a, we had a lot of trust with them and to be able to come in there and do their job. You know, uh, we have a good room, and, uh, you know, our coaches do a great job with that, getting everyone on the same page you know, earlier on the week, so. Andre James is our guest here on Raider Nation Radio 920. How do you prepare yourself, or can you prepare yourself, for the elements that you'll have to face on Saturday? Yeah, it's going to be cold, man, but uh, we're, we're excited for the opportunity. You know, it's, it's just it's one of those things you got to get your mind ready going into it, and, uh, you know, it, it doesn't change any of our preparation. It's just one of those things you just got to go out there and play ball. Josh Jacobs, he's leading the league in rushing this year. How much do you guys take in take pride in the fact that you got the leading rusher and you're the ones that are blocking for him, setting the table for him? You know, as an offensive lineman, that's you know that's that's what you want. You you want those rushing yards. You want the coach to be able to call those uh, those uh, run plays. So we take it. We take a you know a lot about that part of ourselves as offensive line. You know, we want to keep. We want to. We want JJ to get more. So every week we're going in there like you know what can we, you know what more can we do for him? What more can uh, how many more yards can we get for him? So we're just excited to be able to block for a guy like that. Is there anything that's more exciting than being able to block downhill and the defensive line knows what's coming and they can't stop it? Oh, there's nothing. Nothing better than <laughs> that to be able to run the ball right down someone's throat than being able to do anything about it. I'd nothing have, better. I have no doubt at all. Andre James, Raider Center, is our guest here on Raider Nation Radio. 920. I wanted to ask you, today is the first National Signing Day, and I know you coming out of Utah, you were a four-star recruit, and uh, I don't think when you uh, signed that they had two signing days, but they do now. What's your memories of National Signing Day when you decided to pick UCLA? Uh, you know what? I was committed uh, earlier into uh, going into my uh, senior year, so you know, I was pretty dead set on going to UCLA. Had some had some options on the table, but you know, man, I, I was just so excited. I could only imagine what those kids are those emotions that those kids are going through right now and you know it's a, it's, a, it's a great opportunity and you know 
me personally, I, I was just so excited uh, to be able to do that for my family and just, uh, you know, really be able to celebrate. So you know, I'm really happy to see these new guys and these new generation of players, you know, taking off. So it's awesome. You are a modest dude. You said I had some other options. You had Oregon, USC, Ohio State, <laughs> Oklahoma, Utah. Those ain't no other options, man. Those are powerhouses. I mean, what's that like? What goes into making that decision to pick the Bruins? It, it, it was it, it was hard, man. It was a hard decision. Uh, but, you know, I really loved the coaches, uh, you know, that were there at the time. Um, I was just excited to kind of get out of Utah and go and experience, you know, something else that, you know, who, who doesn't want to go and be out in L.A.? Right. I know that's right. Hey, look, man. <laughs> I know that's right. I ain't mad again. Andre James is our guest. Go ahead, DeMond. Andre, we had Richie Incognito on fresh off of his retirement in the offseason. And, and we were mentioning, you know, the offensive line. I said, yeah, I know it's some big eaters, but I said, who's the biggest eater? But he gave you the compliment of being one of the best chefs. Could you could you expound <laughs> on that? Are you really are you the grill master on the team? Uh, you know, I, I, I get down. I'm not going to lie. I get down on the Traeger. Uh, I like to smoke meats, man. I, I try to be able to do it all, you know, try to teach, uh, try to get on that YouTube and, you know, try to teach myself how to do it. Nice. <laughs> so, What's the best thing you can prepare? Like if I'm coming uh, to the barbecue, what are you like? This is my best. You just, why'd you just uh, invite yourself to Andre James barbecue though? That's all I want to know. That's how you secure you the invite. You invited anytime, man. <laughs> my, my favorite thing, my favorite thing I smoke of is I do, uh, some beef, beef ribs. So I smoke them for about, about eight hours, you know, just salt, salt and pepper, throw some mustard on those boys and, you know, let them ride. Nice. Boom. I'm I like steal it. Recipe. What's, what's the go-to steak, Andre? Uh, definitely got to do a ribeye or definitely got to do a tomahawk. Something, you know, well marbled and something that's going to have some great flavor. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> hey, I'm, I'm yes, right sir. there. I'm a, I'm a bone-in ribeye guy all day. That's, that is there the go-to. Go. Well, Andre, that's as we most. let you go, man, you guys have three games left, you know, in the regular season coming up this Saturday is Christmas Eve. How's it going to feel to be playing on Christmas Eve? It's awesome, you know. Uh, all eyes are going to be uh, be on us. We're we're excited to go uh, go put on a show for for the whole world. So we're there, excited, man. There you go. Well, hey, man, have a safe trip out there. Go and ball out, and and we'll talk to you soon, my man. Yes, sir. Appreciate you having me on, man. I appreciate you. There he goes, Raider Center Andre James, and uh, there he goes. He's talking about he can uh, he can get down when it comes to the Traeger, man. He can get on the get on the grill, make it happen, and. Of course, he's a good dude. If he's a bone-in ribeye guy, he's all good with me. <laughs> I mean, that's That's how you secure the invite. You just already, you invite yourself already. I, I know. Hey, look, man, there ain't never been an invitation that you've been shared, uh, scared to ask about, right? You're always willing to, to, to invite yourself anywhere. You don't mind. <laughs> me and Andre James, we're going to be the best of friends. You know, I'm over at Q, man. You missed the barbecue that's last night. That's what the next story is going to be, though. That's what the next story is. He's going to be with his friends, this is, and then we'll take a break. DeMond's going to say, Hey man, so uh, yeah, so Andre James, so I can kick it anytime. He's gonna have a barbecue. I can come to the house anytime, and, and man, I can already hear how this story is gonna end. But you know, the the girl that you're trying to impress won't know. You won't be able to put any emphasis on it because you'll probably send her a meme or send her a little bit of a message on the app instead of just tell her over the phone. So she won't know. She won't know what you're talking about. But uh, many thanks to Andre James for joining us there, uh, giving us a few minutes of his time this afternoon as the Raiders prepare for their trip to Pittsburgh, Week 16 action on Christmas Eve. In uh, Man, immaculate reception, the 50-year anniversary. And, of course, Franco Harris passed earlier today at the age of 72. 2.33 is the time. We'll take a quick break, come back, uh, get back into the show, talk about a couple topics that we have, plus hear from you, uh, the don'tbebroke.com text line, 69187, keyword R&R, and also the phone line at 702-365-9200. This is Rain Nation Radio 920. It's Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio. 
Sometimes you zig when you're supposed to zag. Sometimes you zag because you have to, right? And that's what we've been doing here on Raider Nation Radio 920 on the Say Roughness on today's show. You know, this we had a plan going in. Actually, we had a plan going into last night. Me and Damon had talked about how we wanted the show to look today. And then also we got the news early this morning. Again, the first uh, tweet I saw or the news, a headline on my phone I saw is when I got up about 530. And then I saw Colin Dunlap's uh, tweet from uh, about 3 a.m., uh, Pacific Standard Time, obviously. That's what time when I went to Twitter, I was to, to verify because that's what we do. You see news, then you got to go to Twitter to make sure it's real, right? And so I saw Colin's tweet saying that the local TV station was saying that, uh, you know, Franco Harris had passed at the age of 72. So all of a sudden we decided, okay, show's going to get flipped upside down. And so that's what we did. And that's okay. That's what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to adjust around here. So already on the show, Colin Dunlap, 93.7 The Fan of Pittsburgh. He led everything off talking more about Franco Harris than even the Pittsburgh Steelers. We'll deep dive into the Steelers tomorrow and Friday in preparation for the game on Saturday on Christmas Eve. But thought it was really good to get Colin on. He does morning show. Think about this. He does the morning show in Pittsburgh. And he, Demond, he, I mean, as he told us, he had a plan of what the show was supposed to be, right? He was zigging, and then all of a sudden he had to zag. Crumpled up his game plan and said, four hours, we're going to talk about Franco Harris. Four hours. That's how long the morning show is, and he just talked about Franco Harris. Can you imagine all the memories, all the, the thoughts that were shared when it comes to Franco Harris? Because I remember, I remember doing shows following the passing of John Madden, and, man, those were some emotional shows. Especially when you have a legend that's still in the community, yeah. someone who went to college in the state. Yep. Well, I couldn't imagine where if someone like how he gave told, telling stories about, hey, someone sees him at the grocery store. What do you think about Kenny Pickett? I like him. Right. That's the kind of legendary status that you can't manufacture. Right. Exactly right. Exactly right. So that was great to have Colin on uh, to start the show off for the opening drive. Then we just heard from Raiders center Andre James uh, also talking about the game, talking about Franco Harris, talking about National Signing Day. Today is the first National Signing Day. He was a four-star recruit coming out of Utah. And I've been uh, checking out ESPN as I'm at the home studio. And DeMond is in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. And they had a lot of uh, you know specials today on guys that were signing their national letter of intent. Locally, Zachariah Branch, we had him on when he verbally committed to USC. He signed his uh, letter of intent today. Uh, from Bishop Gorman to go to USC. So Zachariah Branch is going to join his brother there at USC uh, under Lincoln, uh, Lincoln. I almost said Lincoln Kennedy. Lincoln Riley <laughs> is the head coach there uh, of the Trojans. So, yeah, man, just a great day. Uh, very excited for the young men to get that opportunity to go to the next level uh, and fulfill their dreams and, and play some college ball. So shout out to everyone who signed their national letter of intent today. And they have another signing day. That's uh, the week of the Super Bowl. Actually, it used to be the, the first the Wednesday of the Super Bowl but now it's pushed. The Super Bowl's pushed back, so I believe it's going to be the week before we actually leave to go to the Super Bowl. So, of course, we'll give you an update on that when that comes around. But that's not till late January, early February. So there's that. Still coming up at three o'clock. Coach Arpeg, Big Dog Roll. Uh, he's going to join the show, and uh, the Raiders gave him a heck of an honor on Sunday at the game against the Patriots. Inspire Change, Change Maker Award is what he received. That was the honor that he received. Uh, he's here locally. He's a heck of a defensive line coach. I was actually doing a little bit of uh, deep diving into him a little bit more, Demond, and uh, he's got p- podcasts out and everything, uh, the big dog trench stories and everything. I mean, it's just it was really good stuff. And so I was listening to some of the, the stories that he was telling and, and you know, how what it takes to be a, a big-time defensive lineman in the NFL and what it takes to be a big-time offensive lineman in the NFL. And so I was like, man, this is going to be a fun conversation. So he's going to join the show coming up at 3, and then I'll have a replay of the interview that I did with him uh, back in 2020, Super Bowl 54, with my 
uh, co-worker at the time, Paul Catalina. We both worked at ESPN Central Texas. Now, neither one of us works there, but we still had that interview that we did. And it's funny, Damon, you know from us being in the Super Bowl last year, we get to the Super Bowl, the convention center, super early, and we stay super late. It's not like we roll in when our show starts and then we bounce as soon as it's over because it's just kind of a free-for-all. So when you're in that setting – you're walking around, you're canvassing, you're surveying, you're seeing who you can see and trying to make things make sense. So myself and Paul are walking around, and all of a sudden we just happen to see Franco Harris. And I was like, hey, there goes Franco Harris. And he's like, there's no way we're going to land Franco Harris. One, he's probably going to go to you know a radio station that's more Steeler-focused or this, that, and the other. And, and, and a lot of times that's how it is. you know. Just like when we were in L.A., a lot of you know the Raiders would come to us because, well, we're Raider Nation Radio 920. And so it, just, it, you know, it just makes sense. A lot of times they'll focus in – on the local, the local radio stations or whoever it is, but it was just him and one other person walking around. And I said, man, I think we should just give it a shot. So he's like, go for it. So I just walked up and I was like, hey, um, myself and, and my buddy over here, uh, you know, we're from ESPN Central Texas. We'd like to interv- interview Franco at some point. And uh, the guy that was with him was like, oh, well, just ask him. Because normally you're supposed to ask the handler, not supposed to ask the person. So I asked the dude that was with him, and he's like, well, just ask Franco. And so I asked him, and he was like, yeah, where are you guys at? And I was like, oh, we're right over here. And he's like, yeah, I'll be there in five minutes. And he literally just walked right over, sat down, and talked to us. And as soon as he did, he looked up and was like, oh, I got a cowboy and a raider? Because Paul Catalina is a cowboy fan, and he had his computer up, and something on the computer had a cowboy sticker. And on my sticker, on my computer, I had a raider sticker. So he's like, I got a cowboy and a raider? Oh, man, this is going to end bad. But he was so cool about the interview. Gave us 10 good minutes, man. So I'm so excited to play that interview back. Uh, you'll hear that at 3.30 on the show. But, man, that dude was super, super down to earth, super cool. Took a picture with him, sent it to my dad. He's a big Steeler fan. So uh, that was one of those moments that you just, like, yes, that's a good moment because you know that, that that's a little bit more special than just your average, you know, everyday guest. What I took away from that story and you telling it and how, and how he just came right over He's the greatest guy of all time because he said, I'll be over there in five minutes, and he actually came. He because actually that came. that five minutes of him, like, he could have went a hundred different directions. Man, and you know it for a fact. How many times last year did I be like, hey, so-and-so said they're coming right now. They'll be right here. They'll be here. At the-. Man, it is uh, absolute, man, it is tough. I mean, that, that's the easiest way I could describe Radio Row for the week of the Super Bowl. It's just tough. It is a big rat race. And even though you have a schedule, you have everybody planned out, somebody's going to be late, somebody's going to run long at one radio station, like somebody like me is going to say, hey, I just got one more question for you. And then that one more question is going to lead to three more questions, which is going to throw off not only the next, the next stop that they have, their, their interview, but it's going to back up the interview after that, the interview after that. It's like a domino effect. Just if one interview runs long, they all run long. So that's just sometimes we end up missing interviews. There was about a handful of interviews last year that we never even got to. Just because they, you know, they were either running late, didn't show up at all. I mean, it's just, again, it's a super rat race. But Franco Harris was the coolest dude, and we had just, we had no plans of interviewing him. So when our boss got there, Smokey, David Smoke, you know, and, and this is where I got this term banger from, any gold jacket is a banger. So he walks in and says, what are you guys up to? How many interviews did you guys record? Because he was trying to be like a tough guy. And we said, oh, man, we interviewed some. We got some in the can. And he's like, how many bangers did you get? And he said it sarcastically. And we're like, oh, we got three or whatever. And he's like, who? And off top, Franco Harris. He's like, no, you didn't. Boom. Yes, we did. And that was our flex, DeMond. That was like, you know when you do something really good and I get pumped up and I'm like, okay, DeMond did that. And then you walk away with your head up high. That's how we were. We were looking at each other like, yep, that's right. He can't tell us nothing. <laughs> that's a banger. Yeah. It really is. Did you even finish out the list after that? 
Uh, I no, mean, the list stops no. right there. No, no. After that, it was a wrap. It was a wrap. And I don't even think we had any other bangers, but we just said it just to say it, just to try to flex our muscles. But I know last year we had a, a bunch of uh, bangers that we had on uh, on our station last year when we were at the Super Bowl. So whatever we did last year, and I still have record of it. I have it written down. It's in my desk somewhere. Uh, I'll go back and find it. Whatever we did, we'll do at least 15 more of those, right? Whatever we did. So if we had 20 bangers, we'll have 35. I promise you, that'll be the goal <laughs> this upcoming year at the Super Bowl when we're in Glendale, Arizona. So you'll hear that conversation coming up at 3.30. At 4 o'clock, Josh McDaniels met with the media earlier today, so you'll hear some sound bites from him. And then at 4.30, we never really got to offensive coordinator Mick Lombardi and Patrick Graham. Uh, DeMond was too, too much telling us about his uh, dating habits yesterday, so we ran out of time on that. So we'll get back into that. Uh, not the dating habits, but we'll get into Patrick Graham and Mick Lombardi at 4.30. So we have a loaded show. Vinny just said over Max Crosby for the Raiders locker room, so we'll get that on the show as well. And, of course, Raider Nation, we want to hear from you. 702-365-9200. So excited about today's show. You can also hit us up on the don'tbebroke.com text line at 69187, keyword R&R. Let's go ahead and throw out a topic there. How does the passing of Franco Harris, in your mind, impact Saturday's game? And I know a lot of people will probably say, well, it can't really impact the game. Oh, but it can, right? Oh, but it can. I'll say this. As much as I don't, I don't ever, you know, I don't ever want to think that a game is bigger than someone's life because it's not. Let's, let's just be 100% honest about that. But I'll tell you, when I was thinking about the passing of Franco Harris this morning, when I was kind of just sitting around having a little bit of my own time, I was thinking, man, those Steelers are going to go out there and ball out, right? I mean, that's all I could think of. You're in Pittsburgh on the 50-year anniversary of the Immaculate Reception, and that guy passes away, those cats are going to go out there. And like Colin said when we had Colin Dunlap on, Mike Tomlin's going to give them a hell of a motivation speech. And I guarantee he will. And I, I know that that's not going to affect the play. I know that actually is not, impo- is not possible to go out there and, and have them so amped up and so fired up that they go and play out of their minds. I mean, they can only play to their skill level. But I just feel like that there's going to be a little extra edge in the building. I think there's going to be a little extra edge on the sideline of the Pittsburgh Steelers. So the Raiders, in my opinion, really have their work cut out for them. And just the passing of Franco Harris and what he means to the immaculate reception, what he means to that organization. I mean, it's just like when Al Davis passed and then the Raiders went out and played the Texans and ended up winning the, the game with, one, with only 10 guys on the field. There wasn't even 11 guys on the field, and, and, and they still got the interception. Michael Huff came up with that interception catch. I felt like that was just a little bit extra juice because of Al Davis. And maybe that's just me being, you know, that superstitious guy or, you know, whatever. whatever. I don't know how you describe it, but I just kind of feel like sometimes it's bigger than you, and it's bigger than what you got going on. So I feel like those Steelers are really going to go out there, and they're not – I don't want to say they're playing with heavy hearts because I'm sure that none of them really had tight relationships with Franco Harris. I'm sure they knew him. But I don't think that they, you know, they, they, it's not like they grew up watching him, you know, play or anything because like, they're all young men and he was 72. I mean, the play happened, the immaculate reception happened before I was even born, right? I mean, just, just put it like that. But I just feel like that they're going to have a little extra juice going into this game. And that might not last more than the first half, first quarter, a couple extra drives. I don't know. I don't know what it is, but I feel like it's going to provide a little extra, a little extra something, something for the Pittsburgh Steelers. But I want to hear from you, 702-365-9200. Also, the don'tbebroke.com text line at 69187, keyword R&R. Let's start off with ABA I'm Davis. Welcome to the show, my man. What's on your mind? Hey, thanks for taking my call. Can you hear me, Q? Yes, yes. Okay. Uh, I'm 56 years old, someone who remembers uh, Franco. And I can, I can, in my opinion, I can tell you exactly how this is going to go. I mean, it's the same thing as Kenny Stabler. Mm. Uh, 
yeah. mean, you talk about uh, you talk about two teams that live with their history. They're yeah. you know, rabid yep. fan bases, dedicated fan bases. Make no mistake, like the current Raiders understand the history of the Raiders. You make no mistake, them players understand the Pittsburgh Steelers' history. Mm-hmm. If there's another team that's equal as far as the mystique that the Raiders have, it's the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yep. Okay. I, agree. I mean, that's the only one I can. That's the only one I put in, even consider putting in the Raiders category. They're not, but consider. I will consider. Okay, and so oh, they're going to be fired up, but mostly I think it's going to be that defense. Okay, okay. I think I think that offensive line better find a little bit of extra B twelve or something like that because I make no mistake they're going to come after they're going they're going to put they're going to put this on their shoulders. Okay, yeah. in the running back in the running game. Too. I mean, the, the, the key now changes to the trenches. Okay, and so I mean, that's my opinion. And the last thing, uh, could you put in the Twitter uh, the uh, GM simulation? I was listening to that ad. I want to try that. I can't find the website. If you can copy paste it in your Twitter thing, so I can, or Instagram, so I can link up and hook it up i got you i, I got you thank thank you for the call my man and tomorrow's like what is he talking about it was a it was a it was a live read i did on the on the podcast today that's all i i got you i got you aba Evan davis but yeah i think i think the crowd uh, i think they're going to be fired up and you're right about the organizations respecting their history that's one thing that the steelers really know really well is their history just like the raiders know their history i think that's a really good point let's go back out to the phone lines real quick uh talk to our guy raider fish in berkeley welcome to the show Man, you know, <clears throat> excuse me, I had to clear my neck. Uh, hey. Before I get into your topic, I just, uh, Devon, anytime, man, you get at me, okay? You got questions, we got answers. Hell, <laughs> you may have some answers for my questions, okay? <laughs> Talking about that topic yesterday. Uh, now, <laughs> uh, my deepest condolences and prayers to the family of Frank O'Hare. Yes. Man, that, that that's a great dude, okay? But let me tell you, well, first, your question is how will it affect? Because I was thinking the same thing. As soon as I heard he was dead, I said, oh, shoot. And I didn't say shoot. I said, oh, shoot. Uh, these dudes going to be fired up. Yeah. You know? Any type of motivation. But I, but, but let me tell you something. The Raider Nation, we, we all know that, man, there goes another dude who's going to take the secrets to his grave about what really happened. On that immaculate deception, because he knows. Yeah, he, he does. Knows. Yeah, he and does. Now he took, he took it to his grave. So that's one less person who's going to come out later on in life. Because somebody gonna come out and be like, you know what? Just like Josh McDaniels, man. When the dude got hot, he said it was no fumble. It's gonna happen. Now I'm getting off track, but some, but somebody knows. Now this is what we need to do to pay homage to a great running back. I'm gonna tell you what we do. Okay. Because he was a great running back, you know what we do? We gonna take that ball and we needed to run it on top of their head, down their back, and up their legs the whole game. And the duality of that is you take that passionate crowd out because it's gonna be cold, okay? Yes, it is cold, and nobody want to tackle JJ and them and Jakob and them, okay? So we need to run that ball to pay tribute to that running back by running the ball and get up out of there with an ugly W, okay? And DeMond, get at me, baby, okay? Because I ain't new to this. I'm true to this. And I may have some little knowledge for you or whoever else is interested. Hey, show up. Show out. 
and holler, just win, baby, when you go out, Raider. There he goes, Raider Fish in Berkeley, dropping some knowledge right there. Thank you so much for that. And, yeah, that would be a great way to pay some homage, right? Have Josh Jacobs go off for a, a couple hundred, right? A couple bills, man. That, that'd be okay. Let him run, run, run some more because, again, you're right, it is going to be cold. And, you know, the, the run game and defense, it travels really well. It doesn't matter if it's hot, cold, whatever the case may be. Defense and the run game always travels really well, and the Raiders are going to need both. On Saturday against the Pittsburgh Steelers, 255 is the time. When we come back, Arpege, Big Dog Roll, Coach Arpege, Big Dog Roll will join the show. It's Radio 920.